Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. In this series of episodes, Good is Not the Goal, I pray that you will be opened up to source how important the source is from which you live and draw and where you find your strength, your confidence, your love, your compassion. It is important who is the source for all things can appear good on the surface. But my friends, if self is the source rather than God himself, as your source, then eventually everything is going to have its limits and you're going to hit the wall. And my heart is to draw you to himself. And for that to happen, the good of man as your source has to be exposed. Take a listen to these episodes. Go into the scripture. Let Holy Spirit awaken you to the source from which you draw. I pray that these will be helpful. Love you all. So how do I know that good is not the goal? Well, because good is on the same tree as evil. This brings more awakening to people when I speak with them sometimes more than anything else. Because people are asking, what do I need to do to do the works of God? When they asked Jesus in John 6, 26 through 29, what must I do to improve? How can I do better? How can I measure up? How can I be good enough? And my answer to them is, help me understand why you think good is the goal. And they'll talk to me, well, I know that God expects, and I know that we're rewarded for doing good and all of these things. And I say, but If I could show you that good is not the goal, what would you think about that? And most people are shocked because it's almost like I can ask people when I'm teaching. I do this all the time. Is uh, who can tell me the name of the two trees? They'll say the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. But when I mention that good is on the same tree as evil, it is like they literally come out of a stupor. And I do not say this in any kind of condemning, condescending, uh, shaming way. I'm just stating factually, literally a spell is broken off of them. Now, I believe that can only happen by the power of the cross. Because as we talked about on our last episode, Galatians 3, 1 through 5, and I'll just pick up where I left off in the message where it says that, you know, something crazy has happened for its obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. And this would be a good place for me to interject that uh, February 29th through March 2nd will be Cross Encounter here in Sealy, Texas at Christian City Fellowship. And I would encourage any of you that are able to go to ccf.life Uh, It is their event, and I'm simply uh, going to be there um, and be a part of Cross Encounter. But 
this is what we've got to hear. We've got to be awakened. You have to sit under the power of the cross. You have to be able to hear to where it can pierce through and cut away the dullness of our self-efforts, the dullness of our own goodness, the dullness of self-help. I don't care if it's a multi-billion dollar industry. This is a part of why we are in so much trouble. Man is attempting to help himself. And yet, out of one side of our mouth, we would say it is Jesus and Jesus only. And then out of the other side of our mouth, we are spending, uh, the other statistic I didn't mention in the last episode was that I think it was on the average of every month, um, each person spends $155 in purchasing self-help apps and maybe books, this kind of thing for those who are involved about $155 per month. Now, when you consider that most apps are free uh, or very inexpensive, most books are maybe $15, you can see there is a steady diet of somebody, show me how I can fix myself. Now, we don't mind, you know, giving God a a little seat at the back of the room because, you know, we know that we need to ask God for help. And yet we see as our eyes begin to be truly opened that God does not plan on giving you just a little bit of help while you go on your merry, independent way. God's plan has always been that you would be one with him, that the abiding life that we are called into that, that every human is called into in full dependency upon Christ himself is not just for a little help, but it's where he is the full source and supply. Because when we looked at what were some of the topics of self-help, whether it was confidence or motivation or um, compassion, communication, where are we going to get confidence Where are we going to be able to have greater communication, right? If we're always honing our skills. Now you can see this. If you really get a hold of some people that are making multiple millions of dollars in self-help and in what they're building, I'm not against people coming into great economic strength and power and and, uh, being able to be financially independent in that sense, that's not really what I'm after. (laughs) Okay. I'm, I'm after the source, my friends, is that we're way, way off the mark, uh, as we have always been since the garden, because we missed the mark. We missed the bullseye and God himself was the bullseye. We were called to come to him through Christ who was the tree of life, that we might live in absolute uh, dependence upon him. And that's what would bring us into the fullness of living as who we were meant to be, having rule and authority in the earth and being able to be fruitful and multiply and all the things that we hear and read and that we're the head and not the tail. And yes, but by what source and by what means? Because until the cross is working, my friends, I assure you, not one of us, not one of us can see what I'm talking about. Until there comes a cutting work of the cross, wielded by the person of Holy Spirit within you, 
You can't see what I'm talking about. Now I can say some things that begin to break the spell. You begin to awaken and you realize, I think I have lost sight of Christ and him crucified. This is a big part of what I share at Cross Encounter. If we see that Christ has been crucified, right, which means it took down the entire condition of mankind, his good and his evil. Nothing fights Jesus like the good of man. So I'm going to say it again. Nothing, nothing fights Jesus like the good of man does, because what he's saying is I'm good enough. I got it. I'm doing it. Watch me. I can handle it. I can be God. And I am doing so well. That's why at the end of Galatians 3 verse 5 in the message, it says, is this going to all happen because of your strenuous moral striving? See, that is the height of the good morality of man. Now listen, in civil society, right? I understand until people come to Christ, right? There is civil law. There are, there are those things which are considered good by society and within culture. I get that. Look, I want you to drive on your side of the road. You got me? If you don't know Christ and you're not going to drive on your side of the road simply to the glory of God, uh, then please adhere to all civil laws so that it keeps you from running headlong into me. So, of course, I get the morality of obeying the law, right? Which is what we have to bring an external order. So it's out of sheer self-preservation that I stay in my lane. It's not to the glory of God. It's for self-preservation that I stay in my lane because I don't want to be hit and I don't want to, you know, hurt anyone else, right? So I get that. But to think that that's the height, it's like when the scripture says that our righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. Theirs was purely external. And what Jesus came to reveal, to expose when he went against the grain completely was that the righteousness he was bringing was by an entirely new nature the very nature of God himself. We were going to share in his righteousness. And let me assure you, the pride of man, the goodness of man cannot stomach the righteousness of Christ because it immediately fluffs up. It immediately blows up like a blowfish. And what's the matter? I mean, I'm good enough. I've done enough. Look at all that I, I, I have done. Why would I need Christ? I am strong enough. I mean, I appreciate that God helps me because that's a great part of my resume as a stellar self-help person. And when you watch the juice on these things, when you watch the pressure that comes, because we can all applaud those who are making multiple millions of dollars feeding the self-help market, But if you ever catch them behind the scenes, like has recently been seen by some, you're going to see them pushing, 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 pushing. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. There is a deep press on the external 
to, to do enough, do more. And that's how they push themselves. And therefore that's how they push others. And they believe that it's in you. You've just got to bring it up. Well, here's what God said is, oh, it's in you. All right. And I'm going to kill it. (laughs) Okay. Just to, just to get this down to the gospel foundation. God said, oh yeah, you can do anything you can put your mind to. That's why we're going to have to put it to death. Because you will constantly take yourself over the waterfall and you're going to take, obviously, hundreds of millions of people with you. So the question becomes, my friends, where are we, the church, right? Are we, right? Are are we trusting in Christ only? Is he our only hope of glory? If I want confidence, do I uh, come to that place where Paul said uh, in Galatians 3, uh, he said, that he put no confidence in the flesh, right? No confidence in the flesh. I'm going to get there real quick, real live time right here. In Galatians 3, 1 through 3, in the Amplified Classic, I'm sorry, it's supposed to be, I'm sorry, it is supposed to be uh, Philippians 3, because this is where I want to go. Galatians 3 is where we were talking about Uh, talking about the uh, voodoo. We're talking about the spell. I want to take you now to Philippians uh, 1, Philippians 3, 1 through 10. And I want us to look at this. Okay, Philippians 3. Now here's Paul. Okay, here he is. He says, For the rest, my brethren, delight yourselves in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in him. I love this. This is the man that later he's going to tell you he wanted to be in the Pharisees, in the right race of Israel, in the tribe of Benjamin. Oh, he wanted to be in. And now he says, let's rejoice that you are in him. To keep writing to you over and over of the same things is not irksome to me, and it is a precaution for your safety. Look out for those dogs, Judaizers, legalists. Look out for those mischief makers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we Christians are the true circumcision who worship God in spirit and by the Spirit of God and exult in glory and pride ourselves in Jesus Christ and put no confidence or dependence on what we are in the flesh and on outward privileges, physical advantages, and external appearances. Wow. What a mouthful. He is outing right here that the only place that we would put any confidence is in Christ. So how can I walk in self-confidence? How can I make self the source of confidence and claim that I'm all about Christ? See, the, the Holy Spirit has to bring the sword, my friends, inwardly, to sift and to separate, to expose this, to break the spell. And as he releases the power of the word, which is Jesus, and the power of the cross, which is the finished work of Jesus inside of us, we awaken. And I pray that you, along with me, begin to realize good is not the goal. It is not the goal. It is not about me trying harder. It is going to be about me trusting more. It is not about me pulling myself up by my bootstraps, 
but of letting go of my self-efforts. Now that requires, my friends, a tremendous awakening. A tremendous awakening. You see, Paul went on to say, he said, if anybody could boast or brag in the flesh, it was him. He said, because I have all kinds of reasons, I'm paraphrasing now, to rely on the flesh and my physical and outward advantages. He said, if anybody else thinks they can brag, he said, I have still all the more. And then he lists what he had relied upon in the flesh, in self, out of his own heritage, his family line, out of his background, his pedigree, his education, the groups that he was in. He was on top. He was on top. Oh, I think I'll stop there so I can share with you that when you get on top, what you're still capable of, when God begins to look at the filth of the goodness of man. My friends, God does not leave us wondering what he thinks. He says that our self-righteousness, our self-goodness, our self-perfection is as filth to him. That's when you know, my friends, good is not the goal. Stay with me and let's go in to the next episode together. Love you all. Thank you for listening today. Before we go, I have one final ask and a bit of info. If you like our content, hit the share button to tell someone about it and subscribe at nancymccready.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss another episode. Also, I don't know if you've heard, but Google Podcasts are going away in April. So if you listen on Google Podcast, jump over now and make sure you subscribe to Tent Talk Podcast on my YouTube channel. All of our podcasts are listener supported and your gifts at nancymccready.com are greatly appreciated. Until next time.